Hello everybody. So as promised this week on the Everyman Upland podcast, uh, we are bringing you part two of the gun episode. Uh, the first was shoot what you got and this one might be better titled something like or not and get something new because we're going to be walking through um, kind of a our quick and dirty gun buyer guide, uh, specific brands and our thoughts on both new and used shotguns so if you're in the market for a new shotgun this is the episode for you uh as always i'm your host sam baker i'm joined in this episode once again by henry norman and caleb norman and as always we are sponsored by quail ridge plantation uh going into its 52nd season of classic bob white hunting in southwest georgia head on over to quailridgeplantation.com to book your hunt for this fall i think they have some deals going on uh for october and november so uh, make sure you ask about that tell them sam sent you from everyman upland um and let them know that you're listening and that you're ready to get out into the field uh just and also remember, if you're a Georgia quail hunter, uh, the preserve season gives you a one-month head start on uh, brushing the dust off that old shotgun. So head on over to quailridgeplantation.com to book your hunt. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. Yep, come on, yep. Um, all right, now we're down to brass tacks, 45 minutes in, we're getting to the guns now, so let's talk about autos real quick, I've got three guns, I'll run through them real quick, you guys fill in the blanks, uh, Henry, uh, Caleb, be ready for, uh, give me the used guns that you would consider if you were out there just shopping, shopping at your gun store. So the first one I'm going to call out is the TriStar Viper G2 synthetic. Ciao. <laughs> yeah, synthetic. <laughs> um, it's available in 12, 20, and 410. Um, 600 to 650. You're going to see a pattern that sub-gauge guns, meaning 28s and 410s, are usually going to cost more. And that can vary. It could be like $50 more or it could be... $300 more for some reason. You want to be cool, you got to pay the price. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So if you want to shoot a small gun, it's going to be more expensive. <laughs> um, that gun, $600, the 650 it's weighing in at 6 to 7 pounds. You know, obviously 12 is going to weigh 7, and then you're at about 6 pounds for the 20 and the 410. Thoughts? Um, it's a black synthetic stock. Yeah, I've used TriStars as a... Uh, uh, like guns for working dogs. I, th- I believe I have a 410 over under mm-hmm. and you know, nothing wrong with a gun. You can definitely tell the the quality of the stock is, is going to be a little less and especially a synthetic stock is going to be, you know, I mean the gun is going to function as it's supposed to, mm-hmm. um, non, you know, and no and, bells or whistles yeah. no. at this price point. I don't, does that have uh interchangeable chokes? Yes. Okay. It does have interchangeable chokes. Um, and is that a gas gun? I did not look. I, I think it is. I think it is. I think gas guns are typically cheaper. Yeah. Which means you got to clean them. I, I, I've i got a buddy who, this is he uses a TriStar Viper G2 Synthetic 410 for turkey. And he said the first, like, 100 rounds, he experienced some hang-ups. But after that break-in period, it was good to go. And really, a hundred rounds—that's one round of sporting clothes. So, I mean, you—if you can just probably when you get it, clean it real good, of course, and then go buy a value pack at Walmart. Of, yeah, of just shells. rip it through. <laughs> Are there value pack four tens? Um, <laughs> maybe <don't> not. <laughs> it's like eighty dollars worth of shells. <laughs> um, and oh, and then um, there's a little stepping up in looks is the TriStar Viper G2 Bronze. And both of these guns are available in left hand. And 
The bronze is also available in 16 and 28. It's $900, and it is slightly lighter. It's like 5.8 pounds and 6. And that's a 5.8-pound gun is pretty light. That's light. That's pretty light gun. Your, like, sporting clay guns are pushing, like, 8 pounds, if you want to compare. Um, and that's important when you're carrying it all day. All right, let's move on to the... I've never shot a TriStar Viper G2. I've seen them. I think I've held one. I've never seen one. Never seen one in the wild. Oh, let's talk about that for just a quick second. There's a difference between shopping online and looking at gun manufacturers and finding all the specific models that they make, because there's a bunch of them, um, and then finding them, so to speak, in the wild, right? I mean, when you go to your local gun shops... Especially this past year. Yeah, they're not going to have every model. Inventory is down. And I would suggest when choosing a gun, probably the 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 biggest thing I would I would recommend is holding it in your hand before buying it. With shotgun is everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you want to mount it on your shoulder, and and especially for upland hunting, you're wanting to do like a quick mount and see how well your eye lines up with the sight. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I mean, it's obviously going to take some practice with every gun, but some guns are going to fit you better than others. No, oh, yeah. no, no two shotguns, no two shotgun models are made the same. Length of pull is usually like around 14 inches, but there's some variance in that. And, you know, and, uh, something else to say pumps and autos, you can adjust the stocks way easier to fit you lengthwise yeah there's shims to change all kind with over and unders except with the exception of the benelli 828u with over and unders and side by sides is a whole expensive process yeah i'm talking about several thousand dollars realistically you're pretty much limited to uh you know changing the distance with a butt pad yeah, that's mm-hmm. about you know, and unless you talk about getting into the yeah gun fitting, taking ooh, taking a saw to some of those stocks seems woo, <laughs> I don't know, scary. All right, uh, next gun, Beretta A three hundred Ultima. Any experience with this gun, either of you? I've taken a lot of people hunting that had those. Um, you know, it's a a good solid gun, good solid gun for my experience. Yeah, the twenty gauge is eight hundred bucks. And it weighs, you know, about like the rest of them, six pounds. Um, Benelli Montefeltro comes in 12 and 20. It's right at $1,000, um, which is spendy. Yeah. For a, It's not the most expensive automatic by I, far. I want to say mine, which, I mean, it was several yeah, years Yeah, Caleb's ago. got this gun. It was around 900 when I got it. Yeah. So MSRP online is not the same... As finding one. Is it higher or lower, typically? L- lower. In the wild? Yeah. Like, the price you pay is typically going to be a little lower. Than what than you the, see online. Yeah. And as so, far as manufacturer website. Now, I'm yeah, not talking about, like... Impact guns. That, yeah, the gun. like the, So, let's talk about that for a minute. The thing about, like... I don't want to... I shouldn't have called out a specific... All gun websites are like this. Yeah. The price you see online, you got to add tax... You got to add the FFL transfer fee. There's a lot you have to add to that. So you're not always getting the discount you think. And there's really no haggling with an online dealer, whereas a real life dealer. Uh, that's the best experience is going in, holding it, and find. I mean, yeah. like you can't fit a gun. Yeah. Yeah, you you may go, you may have a gun in mind that you like and go into a gun store and it fit you horrible. Yeah. And I, you know, it, and your mind is so set on that gun that you know you you may be blinded to the yeah, fact yeah. that it's not going to be the gun that's going to knock birds down. I would go in with an open mind and maybe just a price point, and you know find mm-hmm. something, find the best fitting gun under that price point that you can. And there are going to be weird things that you wouldn't think of, like how thick the neck is, like just behind the trigger, the grip, like yeah. where the stock meets the receiver. How thick is that grip? Does it have a little bit of a palm swell in it? Does the palm swell feel like it fits in the right place? Where for the you? safety is. Oh my gosh. The type of safety yeah. is 
Because there's automatics with a thumb safety, meaning one on top of the grip, and mm-hmm. then but a lot of most I would say automatics have a what a pin safety. Yeah, the behind bar the trigger behind the trigger. Yeah, but that even that's different because my yeah. Beretta. It's got more. Of one a of one. I, I know they're different. I can't remember which is which, but one either my Beretta or my Benelli. One's in front of the trigger and one's behind the trigger. Ooh. So going from one of those to the next. In front of the trigger just seems like a strange place to put one it. Of, I can't remember which one it is. I'm, I want to say it's my Beretta. Yeah, because I think I remember Extrema my. Extrema 2 yeah. duck gun. Okay. I think it's in front of the trigger. I think I remember my uh, Super Black Eagle had it behind, but it was more of like a, it, it wasn't a typical round one. It was like a mm-hmm. triangular shape. Yeah. 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 The Benelli Montefeltro 12 and 20. Around a thousand dollar or nine ninety nine, uh, five point six pounds. This is a very light gun, it's a very and I've light shot gun. this gun on a hunt because I, me and uh, where well, I just borrowed it from yeah. Caleb, and uh, I loved it. I yeah. love this gun. This is in my top three. It's definitely one of my favorite shotguns that I have. Yeah. And I would do everything. I would mention with that, since we're on the Benelli Autos, if you wanted a sub-gauge Benelli Auto, um, the Ethos would be the gun, just because you, I, I don't know if it comes in 410, but I know it does come in a 28. And it actually is the first gun that I know of to come in a 28 Magnum. Uh, 3-inch shell yeah. developed for hunting uh, pheasant. What's the price on that gun, though? I believe it's... Very expensive. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking now, but, you know, with gun prices these days, it's it's hard to, like, nail an MSRP, but it's um, between $1,800 and $2,000, so, yeah. Man, that's a price also, for the 28 gauge. they're ultralight. Yes. Oh, yeah, with that carbon fiber rib. Which the Ethos has the carbon fiber yeah. rib, too. And the Ethos I have held, and it is, I'm like, nothing. Say, it's like but I know gun. the ultralight comes in a 28. The ultralight is very monofeltro like but lighter um y'all look up that y'all track that down i've also got the cz just a wild card a cz 720 g2 which i assuming gen 2 20 gauge 6.3 pounds so it's on the heavier side but it's 545 dollars yeah, I'm a big fan of CZ. I have, yeah. That's was my deer rifle for years and years. I had a 527, yeah. a little off topic, but and uh, I've hunted with a lot of. I mean, we'll get into those later, but a lot of CZ side by sides, over unders. They make a really good gun for the price point. I think so. I think you're right, and it, uh, I mean, it just screams every man. Yeah. Um, really because 545 yeah great quality like i I can't speak for that gun specifically because i don't have a lot of experience with Mm -hmm. it but cz in general or i would i would definitely recommend them them as a brand yeah any used automatics that you're just like "Mm." if you're like dead set on automatic so what did you say the monofeltro 20 weighed 5.6 5.6 pounds so the ultralight 20 is 5.2 and the ultralight so light. <laughs> the ultralight 28 is five even oh Dang. man five pound gun that's an, that's an all day mm-hmm. forget but like, msr forget you put it oh it's right here in my hands <laughs> but you're talking about paying you know around a thousand for the monofeltro and msrp on the 28 ultralight 17.99 yeah, okay yeah so. we're going to talk about why I don't know. If you're just dead set on auto, um, yeah, that might be worth it to you. Because you're going to get a little better wood in that ultralight. I've seen a couple of examples, and they look pretty good. Well, they're cutting down about 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.4 yeah. pounds away with the carbon fiber. And they're going to hollow like out the stock yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So with I would say with a used um, auto, you know, nowadays, you know, um, if you go back before like this into like the seventies and eighties, now those guns are going to be as expensive as modern new guns or even a little more yeah. because people have kind of, they're tried and true and people know what the good ones are. They become collectors. So, so like, especially if they, they don't make them anymore. Yeah. And so like the, the, uh, what was I 
I forget which one I had in mind. The A five, the Browning, Browning, Browning yeah. A five is is a is a big one that's very sought after for that time period. And they can get real expensive, and just recently, even though they make the A five again, yeah, it's they, not the same. Not they just re release it because the new A five is an inertia, an inertia gun, which mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the the original one, was. yeah, but a lot a lot more parts, a lot more. It's to a yeah. lot different gun. I think the wood quality, though, when you go back into the seventies, sixties, man, is just yeah. head and shoulders above. It's just they used a different lacquer or varnish on most of their guns, and it and it ages so well. Like you get that reddish oh, hue to it, and it feels like it, they just feel it. You have to pick one up to get what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, some of the newer budget guns that have walnut stocks can feel like plasticky, or yeah. I don't know, whatever finish they're putting. Maybe on they'll those. age really well. I don't know, but um, I would also. Raymond 10 1100. Yeah, you know, I was going to... a soft spot for that one. Yeah. Definitely going to mention but, that one. Well, if you go to your, you know, neighborhood gun, pawn shop, those are going to be pretty easy In to find. In Georgia. Yeah. Rural Georgia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't, none, none really come to yeah. mind. I'm not I'm not usually cruising the shelves. For I mean the easiest the easiest used gun is going to be a pump, I think. Yeah, yeah and we're going to talk about that because there's a all-star in that category <laughs> um so let's go to pumps i couldn't find a lot of good examples because once i started looking at how much they cost i was like man just spend a couple extra hundred. yeah get the auto but um if you dead set on pump for whatever reason you've done your research the cz620 and the cz628 those are the same model gun and a 20 and a 28 it's 445 dollars so about a hundred dollars cheaper than their automatic and it's 5.8 pounds which that's like pretty good gun um i'm assuming they're just they're both built on a 20 gauge frame with different chambers um and then there's the what is that i don't know i don't even oh they're basically all like uh 350 to 500. I mean, that's kind of the range you're looking at. Except for the Browning BPS. For some reason, that gun is heavy Very. and expensive. I think it's like $800 or $900 really? MSRP. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, if you, if you shoot a Browning BPS and you love it, get in the comments <laughs> and tell us why. I've only ever held it's one. The must it was a 12 gun. gauge and I could, it was a heavy gun. I, yeah. I've, uh, it's my uncle's like go, three and a half Magnum goose gun yeah. that <laughs> they use to like kill wounded birds. <laughs> and I guess like, you know, pumps make good salt. If you shoot saltwater ducks or something like that, or I guess if you're really into snipe hunting and you're around saltwater a lot, maybe a pump is your your jam because it's not going to jam up on you. All right. But that's any thoughts on new pumps? New pumps? I know, well, you know, one that's been out there forever and is still made and still sort of the, the benchmark of pumps is the obviously the 870 yeah the remington 870 yeah. but uh it's it's close competitor is would be probably like the mossberg 500 that's and right those two those two kind of hold the like the base of the market like they're the they're cheap they're reliable you know they're both they're both so modular you, you know you can have you can set one up for home defense you can set one up for hunting you could yeah, technically true. set one up for clay shooting i mean there's so many aftermarket yeah parts it's like them. a jeep wrangler i mean you're gonna yeah you, <laughs> it is the i think that's a good analogy yeah, it's, it's the, the jeep. jeep wrangler of shotguns yeah. it's uh they started making them in january of 1950 and by 2009 they've sold over 10 million what's that remington 870 Wingmasters. Um, and the Riot Grade Wing, and the Riot Grade 870 was a part of the original 870 lineup with a folding stock and like a real short barrel. <laughs> so, uh, but I would say rule of thumb when looking for an 870, I think it's th- one of the best guns ever made. Older is better. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, just, I would say in general with used guns, like, 
not a hundred percent because some of them could be ragged out, but with an 870, it's going to be really, really hard to just yeah. destroy an 870 by shooting it too much. Yeah. I think another popular pump is the Benelli. Uh, what is it? Nova. Oh, is that a pump? That Nova? I think so. Hmm. I've seen a lot of those around. Yeah. If I'm looking for a used one, it's a 870. There's yeah, a lot of Stogers. Sure. I mean, I see a lot of Stogers in the pawn shops and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the price point, I mean, how cheap can they get before you're like... I mean, I guess if you find one for 150 200 yeah. it's like, okay, and it works, yeah. you can take it. But um, there's probably nothing wrong with it. Um, I would just... If you're looking for a classy, older pump... 870 the older ones there's something about the stock they used and the yeah some of some of them have that tootsie roll man uh, for just so cool <laughs> all right um let's get to the the creme de la creme in my opinion the brake action guns buying a new single shot brake action gun <laughs> is not recommended at all didn't even research they exist that's like turkey hunting specific guns these days like, dog training maybe yeah. yeah if you got one for primer popping or something yeah. i mean if you just want to show off you know fine but i'm gonna <laughs> kill more birds than you anyway yeah i i just no don't don't do that okay so let's talk side by sides real quick um there are more in this category than I thought there would be, but mainly there's four that I'm going to include, and I'm going to try to keep it under, I think the most expensive one's 1300 because side-by-side is one of those things that they get out of hand yeah, price-wise super as fast. as much as you want. On yeah, the I've shot one that was like $150,000. Yeah. Shot twice. Didn't know it cost that much. <laughs> Gave it back to the guy, and his friends told me. About never, never asked to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Don't even want to have to carry it anymore. No, and the uh, and when you're talking about, there are some good used options in this category. Some very affordable ones that are very cool and have a lot of history. But even those can get out of hand price wise. All right, so let's start with the new ones. The CZ Bob White comes. Uh, it's available in twenty and twenty eight. I think it's available in 12. I just didn't count that. Uh, 20 and 28, $675, $675 to $725 for the 28. So you see that sub-gauge jump. But it's about 7.3 pounds for the 20-gauge and 6 pounds for the 28, which is, I would say, a little heavy. Yeah, but that's a that's a big difference just from, you know, those are those are subsequent gauges. I guess you throw the 16 in between that. Well, no, sorry, the 16 is between a 20 and a 12. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, g- gauges right beside each other, that's that's, that's a big, a big difference. difference in weight. Yeah. But you're adding that second barrel, so that's why you see a little bit of a jump in weight compared to what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. In autos. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Two barrels are just, yeah. they're by design a yeah. little more heavy. Their receivers are smaller, yeah. though. Um, and the CZ Bob White, it's an extractor gun. So when you pop the shells open, the. You'll physically have to take yeah, them out. Yeah, you'll have of the to take the shells out. And, um, and just a quick, where it, an ejector will pop the shells, you yeah. know, five, you know. You're going to click it open and it, the. The, the shells that are shot right. will eject. Um, so it's an extractor gun. It's interchangeable chokes, and but it's double trigger. Yeah. So six seventy five double trigger gun. Some people just love that. I'm not a fan personally. Yeah, especially if you've grown up shooting automatics pumps. They all every pretty much you know ninety percent of the guns out there are going to have single triggers, and so if you're used to shooting that after your first shot. You're going to bend, or not literally bend the trigger, but what everybody calls bending the trigger, trying to get that second shot from the same trigger. I did that. Well, I grew up, I think I shot a double trigger gun once before last season when I borrowed yours when we were out training the dogs. And that been oh, that Stevens. No, it was you yours. brought that Stevens 14. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I did the exact same thing yeah. on that second shot. And uh, like, why isn't it? Cheating? Yeah, you'll rip that front trigger <laughs> through the back, the trigger guard. Um, 
You'll try to. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's enough people who like double triggers that the Project Upland CZ side-by-side gun was voted double trigger. Huh. I don't get it. Um, other, uh, it's just a nostalgia thing. I don't yeah. know if there's that. And I think the Bob White is a what's called an English stock, which is not as straight. It's not mm-hmm. going to have a pistol grip, which I'm also not a huge fan of, especially for new shooters. Yeah, yeah, it is a little harder to handle, in my opinion. I've also seen more people split their thumb, the end of their thumb open on the safety tang for some reason with an English stock gun than yeah. you see with. Pistol grips. All right. Um, then you go up to the CZ Sharp Tail. It's available in 20, 28, and 410. It's about $1,100 to $1,300. 6.3 pounds for the 20 and 5.9 pounds for the sub gauges. Um, it's extractor, single trigger, selectable, which means you can select which barrel fires first in the sequence and interchangeable chokes. I will say this is a fine looking gun when you see it in person. Um, so yeah, I'm going to leave it there for now. (laughs) Um, moving on the Stoger Uplander 20 available in 20 and 28 for $400 and it is 7.3 pounds. So now you see that price point drop and the the weight weight go up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's uh, double trigger extractors, interchangeable chokes. It's not a particularly attractive gun, in my opinion. But if you're just a form or function over form person, you'll love it. Um, the wild card, which I just found today, kind of a blind spot for me, was the TriStar Bristol. It's about a thousand dollars, and the crazy thing, it's got <clears throat> extractors, interchangeable chokes, single selectable. Well, there's two different kinds. One has not them. One has double triggers and one has single selectable. But true to gauge frames at a thousand dollars is pretty incredible. And what that means is. A lot of gun manufacturers to save money in their more budget-friendly guns and double guns, they're going to build the 20 and the 28 on the same frame. Some are going to build the 410 on a 20 frame, which kind of looks crazy. It's real ch- it feels chunky because, I mean, <laughs> it is chunky. it's not any bigger than, yeah. but it just, the, yeah. with that barrel size, it looks like a giant truck on tiny yeah. wheels. So when you see true-to-gauge frames... Okay. Um, You coming back? Yeah. Okay. Um, Caleb's going to step out for a sec. He's going to come back. But true to gauge frames just means you're getting a frame that was made for that gauge. And they feel proportionally better. Yeah, just a more custom fit, sort of. Yeah. But it's a good. that's a good-looking gun. If you go online and look at that TriStar Bristol, it's in the mix. I'm looking at a TriStar right here. Um, I'm not exactly sure what model. It's not listed, but it's a... Side by side, yeah, and it's it's like five, case colored, five hundred sixty five dollars. I mean, it's used, oh, but oh, it's used. Um, yeah. Um, so let's talk about used guns, used side by sides. Um, not super super familiar with with the used market on side by sides right now, but I know some that I've shot in the past would be like a Winchester Model Twelve. That's that's kind of the that's an expensive gun. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna run you a, a pretty penny, but that's kind of like the. Especially in this area, I would say that's that's sort of the mm, the traditional quail hunters gentleman's mm-hmm. shotgun. Yeah, you know. And then you can get you. I'm still up. Last year, I saw a 20 gauge LC Smith field grade for, and this is a very vintage shotgun. Three hundred dollars. I don't know why yeah. I didn't buy it. I should have bought it. Yeah, and the LC Smith is is pretty interesting because when they first started, they were making some, they were producing some really high grade shotguns, and then um, and it was actually America's only side lock, I want to say, mm. um, for a long time. I just I was just reading up on some of the LC Smith history, but um, you know, very solid guns. You know, the the later ones, the ones that you're going to see most of, are very plain. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not a lot of frills, not a lot of engraving on the receiver, but nonetheless, a very, very good shotgun. Yeah, because you're going to see L.C. Smith and Fox. Yeah, uh, and the Fox, Fox was reproduced a lot. Those yeah, those Fox, Fox Sterlingworth, and yeah, you know, and like uh, even with like older Parkers, a lot of people reproduced that design of the Parker. A Parker is a very well known, famous shotgun, English shotgun, but it was is uh, it American. I believe Parker's English. Okay. Um, but it was it was reproduced by some American companies also. Yeah. And so, but one, I think one of the best values are those Stevens 311s. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. Yeah, 311C, you can get them in 12, 20, 410. They are tanks. They yeah. are heavy. If you run out of ammo and the, the bird's wounded, you can just always <laughs> knock him with a butt. <laughs> yeah, you don't have I mean, to worry about ruining your shotgun. <laughs> yes, you could bludgeon a bear with these. They're tanks. But, like, besides some doubling issues with one example, um, I like them. I like is them. That, is that what you have? Yeah, that's Stevens 311. Yeah. But that is why I'm consi- – that's why I'm in the market because I don't like the double trigger. And older gun ge- – thoughts on gun geometry has ch- have changed drastically from the, you know – early mid and late 20th century and uh you can get some pretty wild uh angles on those guns and uh, they just don't fit me well yeah that's my excuse anyway <laughs> yeah and, and the more the more shotguns you're around and shoot the you, the more you'll see that like certain models you're just drawn to mm-hmm. mainly because of the fit like for me, it's and I know we're about to get into over unders, but for me, it's probably the Browning Satori is just the gun that typically fits me the best. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't own one, I own basically a clone of one. Yeah, but uh, those are just for me the nicest feeling, best rising shotguns, mm. and that's important. Yeah, and that's yeah. just my body frame. Yep. Um. So let's do it. Any more side by side? They're classy. Man, yeah. a, side, a good looking side by side is a classy gun. There's a lot out there, and a lot of gun man- manufacturers have made side by sides throughout the years. Um, so they're they're it's probably not the hardest thing to find one, but you're gonna most likely if if it's over you know 20 years old, you're gonna pay a good amount for one. Yeah, and if you're shopping vintage, take an experience. <laughs> if it's your first shotgun, take somebody who's experienced with you. Because there are some things to look at, look for. You want to make sure it's safe and yeah. And, and I would I would definitely recommend shooting a gun if possible before buying it. Now, if it's used, you know you're not going to be able to do that obviously with a new gun. But there should be some type of warranty in place with a new gun. Yeah, so it kind of protects you from that kind of stuff. All right, over unders. I didn't put a lot of specific models like I've done here because man, over unders have kind of rose to the top to be king of the upland mm-hmm. guns, and they everybody's making them now. You can get there's so many flavors, so many varieties. So I'm going to start with some basics of what you're looking for. They start at about five hundred dollars. I've seen them a little lower than that, but in general, they start about five hundred dollars. Eject. Okay, so. Those guns are typically going to be extractor guns. Until you get up to about $900 to $1,000, you're going to start seeing some ejectors. Uh, they probably work. you know. Um, to get true scaled actions on a over-under, you're probably going to be spending more in the $2,000 range. And everything over... I'm going to go ahead and say everything over $2,000 really comes down to uh, wood grade, which means how fancy the wood is on your gun, the engraving, and whether or not it has like a game scene or side plates or it is looks. It's yeah. aesthetic. Over. Gold overlay. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of technology. Bird killing perks. Yeah, there's not. A, there's not a whole lot of technology. You spend over ten grand, you're going to get <laughs> yeah. a gun that never misses. So just yeah. keep that in mind. Nah. <laughs> I mean, because let's face it, if I could have one gun and they've been advertising the crap out of this gun, that Caesar Garini Revenant 
is one of the most beautiful guns I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> have y'all seen that? I haven't. Oh man, they've they've worked out that it not only does it have side plates, but it's a round body action. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's got the tangs that come out onto the fore end to the metal. <sighs> it's a beautiful gun. It is a beautiful gun. All right, what is that, Ryan? About twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> and, and the sad part well, you is, you hit like, that ten thousand dollar. Yep, yeah, it never misses. <laughs> and the sad part about that is like that is a very beautiful gun, but that's like scratching the surface of oh, what yeah. you could spend. Oh yeah, and especially getting into vintage guns, or well, I would say I would venture more to say antique guns like the old Holland and Hollands, oh, old Parkers. Gosh. You can spend as much as you can imagine yeah, on those boss, guns. Boss yeah. and Co. You know, hundred grand, two hundred grand. I mean, two hundred is probably the the top limit. I'm of of like most now. You can of spend a more than that, factored price. But, yeah. But then you're going to get into the like super special, like one, yeah, one of a kind. In yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, I'm going to list some gun companies. I want you to rank them budget, mid budget, mid, mid high and high. Okay. <laughs> and you can, you can kind of say, we write this down? <laughs> Oh no, no, you can't. You got to keep it in your head. All right. TriStar. I would say the lower end of the yeah. spectrum. Is that budget? Is that the first? Yeah. This is a yeah. little warm up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> TriStar is a budget gun. Yeah. Um, that's nothing. That's but not, they work. It's not to say they don't work, exactly. But they are a budget so if gun. if you have a TriStar, take it hunt. Yeah. And those are going to, I mean, budget is like 500-ish or so. Uh, ATI, also known as American Tactical. Have y'all even seen it? It's, I think the ATI Pointer, ATI Legacy. It's a budget gun. I've heard you talk about them before, but I haven't seen one in the field. Yeah, they're your five hundred dollar gun. Uh, Stoger, Stoger would be definitely budget. Yeah, it's like a subsidiary of who owns Stoger now? I think it's Benelli. Or, it is Benelli. Okay. Yeah, whoever so, built the Benelli website definitely yeah. built the Stoger website. <laughs> Benelli is just they're taking over all the budget guns because they've got Frenchie now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's, I guess, Franchi might be like a step above Stoger, but not, not to offend the good people at Stoger. But uh, those I guns mean, are like two by four in <laughs> in looks of in uh in the looks category in the ergonomic category. <laughs> I'm sure they function. I don't have a lot of experience. They seem heavy. I've held a few. They seem heavy. Um, what about Mossberg? I would say still budget, maybe a half step above. Only their their reputation's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as over unders, is is good. But do they even make an over and under? Yeah, I, yeah, they uh, came out with see, a new I, line. I'm not familiar. I so. actually have a 410 Mossberg over under for dog training. Mm. The stock quality not the best. It is wood stock. Um, but I've already kind of gotten some scratches in it, and once the finish is off, it's like a weird like. You know, not to talk down talk them because it's a great gun and it fits me pretty good. Um, but once you s- kind of scratch the stock, it's a very light color. So I don't mm. know if it's like a laminate. Uh, I don't. I don't know what exactly they use for their stock, but it feels a little Cheapy. odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think their new line looks pretty good. I think they upped. They don't make a like a real budget gun. I think it's actually getting close at like 800 to a thousand dollar well i know their automatic line has gotten better yeah. recently as far as like waterfowl guns and stuff like that yeah um all right what about your cz i would say well what what was the scale again <laughs> it's like budget mid budget mid mid high high i would say mid mid yeah, I mean because the I mean they start pretty. Ch- we're talking yeah. about shotguns, so I mean the when I think budget, I'm you know several hundred dollars yeah. for, to me isn't yeah. like budget on anything. But no. but uh, no, I, I mean CZ makes a really quality shotgun. Yeah, um, for the money, and you know you're you're definitely not going to pay a thousand dollars and have a a shotgun you can be proud of and and that mm-hmm. looks really good. People are going to ask you, you know, what is that? Bang for your buck, yeah, yeah. for sure. I've got them in the mid budget. Um, they're all so no matter what CZ over and under you get, it's the same action. So the internals are the same. 
it's really just aesthetics and uh, you get some pretty good looking guns. I would say my experience with CZ, the reason I would not buy one and I haven't bought one online is because their wood within a grade varies wildly and you really need to like see the gun. The individual gun. Yeah. You need to go to a store and see a few examples because you can get some great looking wood on those especially that sharp tail hmm. Ooh, the sharp tail in a good example of wood is a stunner it's a good gun. gun it's it's so good looking uh franchi i would say as far as over-unders go i would say put it on the same level as cz as far as price function i did take someone last year who had a brand new franchi first time shooting it and it did malfunction so sorry franchi but i think they have i i hear consistently reliability issues they look so nice yeah no it was they a great feel good gun. and they fit real well yeah. yeah 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 and you can get a good like case color with a little game scene for yeah. but the, i think the f is like gold inlaid on most most of yeah them. and it's the, got a little pizzazz going on there my only issue with franchi is you're encroaching on that like 1800 dollars mm-hmm. mark on their higher end, and you're almost, you're like biting at the heels of kind of the next step up yeah. in quality um, and reliability. So if you're going to spend that, yeah, why not spend it's that? tough. <laughs> it's a tough call. Um, Stevens, made by Savage. Um, I would say mid-budget towards leaning a little towards budget because I don't, I'm not super familiar with no, their I'm prices. But Craig shoots one. Yeah. Craig Banger. Five, five, five. He loves that thing. <laughs> Stevens 555 five, five. E yeah. in 28, I think. I think I think any chance he gets, he uh he tells you. He, well, no. <laughs> he 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 uh would advise anyone he meets to get one. Yep, I've been advised several times and I know where one is right now in 28. It's a good-looking gun. So what do they run price-wise? In the wild, <laughs> like 7. Crikey. For that E. For the the step up, so what's E? Is that that's ele- just a elegant, elegante? I don't uh, know, elegant. I don't know. I was, Enhance. I was assuming. I didn't. Uh, I just meant what is it? Oh, it might mean ejector because it it actually does have ejectors. I think MSRPs for like nine ninety nine, but I think the ones I'm looking at are seven high sevens. Hmm. So very. I mean, and they got like what's called a schnabel. Schnabel forend. It's got that little lip, that little oh, yeah, turn downy yeah. lip mm-hmm. thing, which is, in all realness, probably going to break off on something <laughs> as you're. But it looks good while it's there. Yeah, it looks great while it's there. Um, no, I, it looks good. He has, he's, he, Craig says you got to clean them, clean the crap out of them, like every part when you get it. And then he hadn't had any reliability issues. Uh, I just realized, like, Ruger has not made the red label in quite some time. They they made it for a long time, stopped making it, remade it, and then stopped again. Man, I saw one not too long ago. Ruger on a, red label. On some, some probably Facebook posts, if we're being honest. But it, it was um, a stainless barreled synthetic stock Ruger red label, and I just wanted it. Wanted it. <laughs> I just wanted it. <laughs> That, what a weird gun. Though. I know, but I mean, you never have to worry about hunting in the rain. Oh, like, that's true. That, that case finish never wouldn't. I mean, there are a few synthetic over and unders out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the uh, what is it, CZ uh, oh, Swamp, Swamp Magnum? Yeah, Swamp Magnum. And the Synergy Center uh, Browning has a Synergy that's synthetic, twelve gauge only, and it's camo. Um. Okay. While we're on the Browning. Where do you put those? Browning as a whole. Um, and, and especially talking about over-unders. Okay, where do they start and where do they end? That's kind of the... Well, where that's vastly different. Yeah. Well, where do Browning start? Guessing probably $1,500 range-ish. Oh, no. Well, I, I mean... that now. Well, the, the Synergy. synergy the, the Synergy is kind of in that range. But the I would, Satori... I would put them mid to like and and this is me like yeah. high range is 
probably that bar is set at like yeah you know tens of thousands of dollars i don't even those don't even come into my thought process <laughs> so i would put it like for me personally i'd put it like mid high okay i agree yeah i got them uh mid going into mid high so t- they start about two thousand dollars for reliable yeah um what do you think uh their direct competitor with Beretta, I yeah. think, in this in this part of the world, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Beretta, Silver Pigeon 1 is kind of... We were talking about this before the show. It, you've seen one. Yeah. You don't... You might not know that you've seen one, but you've seen... If you've been around bird hunting, yeah. you've seen a... I would Beretta. say those two especially are probably the most yeah. popular ones that I take people hunting with. Like, and, and, you know, you definitely have to spend some money to get them, but... If you're, you don't have to take out a, a loan. Yeah, no. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It, I would cho- I would, I would feel it. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because I think Brown and, or Beretta just price hiked. Their six eighty six yeah. Silver Pigeon one is like twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. My my daughter's college fund would be hurting. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, if she used that Beretta to get on a clay shooting team and get a scholarship, yeah. Come could on, help. Baby. Come on, baby. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, I'm going to say Rosini. B Rosini is what I'm talking about. Um, the more like BR110s, the, they're getting more popular now. You see them in most upland centered outfitters. Where are you putting those? What's, what's above mid, mid high? Mid high and high. Mid high to high in my okay. price range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say I would put it mid high. They've yeah. got a mid. I'm they, sure they go. They've got that two thousand dollar gun, the BR one ten, and uh, it's a great gun. It's kind of plain, or the the metal is plain. Yeah, Rosini wood. Yeah. beats Browning. It's and just like Beretta. a regular black receiver. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think you get more a high. You get a higher grade of wood for uh, the money with Rosini. Uh, full disclosure, shoot a Rosini sporting clay gun, and I love it. It's beautiful. Well, that's my dream gun is the, what's oh, the that one that we held? Artem- Artemis. Artemis. Oh, man. It's yeah, it is. Gun. Yeah. And some of their round body <laughs> guns. Oh, so good. Fab Arm is in that mid range. They are kind of a development company. They're like mid, mid high. So they range from about a little over two to like, just under four and uh i think that's that d2 elos is there one field it's a pretty good looking gun a weird choice making that blaze orange d on the bottom kind of takes away from the class (laughs) if you're listening fab (laughs) on yeah just get a black (laughs) i I feel that way about um i've got a i've got one of the first 20 gauge winchester 101s off the line I guess it's like the 15 something of 20 gauge made by Winchester. And it's got this like on the, on the bottom of the grip, it's got this like sticker W Winchester W on it. And I like, that's the only thing about that gun that I just don't, don't understand. Couldn't get an engraved cap. Like Winchester. just a straight metal cap, plain metal cap would have yeah. been. That's a mean, fantastic yeah. gun. We're going to talk about those guns. Um, Benelli. That's that eight two eight U. That's their only. Uh, it's a weird looking gun, but it is. The wood on it looks great. Yeah, it's a weird gun. I think it's three grand. Mid high. Yeah, I mean it costs mid high. Yeah. It's got a lot of interchangeable parts, but man, those things weigh. They're like so lightweight, almost to the point where like, is this going to? I'll be too light. <laughs> fake recoil. Yeah. <laughs> um. And they only come in 20 with like 26 inch barrels, which I'm favoring 28 inch barrels these days over I'll, 26. I'm more of a 26 guy just because I, I like them in the, I don't know, I like carrying them in the field, especially some of the places we hunted last year were bushy. Yeah. And it's a little easier to maneuver around with a 26. Not yeah. that it's going to make a huge difference, but. Yeah, that's true. I haven't had to carry a 28 inch barrel gun through the field um caleb oh we'll talk about what guns we have in a second uh caesar guarini 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the high. <laughs> yeah, they start at uh, over, like, just under four, and then go up from there. Go up to 12 grand or more. But those are amazing. Like, that's probably my favorite gun right now that and I've the, ever shot. You can get those custom fitted, correct? Maybe. I'm sure you can. I think if you go to the factory or. In Italy? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I've had I've taken someone who had that custom greeny. Yeah. I shot lights out with a greeny one time. I mean, I just fell. And then I was like, man, this gun fits really well. I'm shooting it really well. Let me. Let me look at that price tag. It was like a six thousand dollar gun. I was like, "Well, nope." <laughs> Wrap that up. <laughs> Dreams crushed. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and I'm gonna throw for uh, our friend AYA. I don't know a whole lot about them. They're expensive. Oh, yeah. My uncle's got a slightly older one. It's a great looking gun. Really, you know, they look nice. They've got a lot Spanish. of good engraving. You know, nothing bad to say about them. What's the uh, Fausti? That's one I didn't mention. Yeah, there's a lot, man. Oh, you get into the like, when you get into the Italian European, guns, it's yeah. just yeah. name them. I tried to put some. I, okay, Winchester is not on this list because to me they've kind of budgeted themselves out of the game. Yeah. Uh, new Winchester one one. I'm not a fan. Yeah, and that's like when looking for a gun, you really need to do your research because like the same model gun varies so much like i would say decade to decade because oh, yeah. you know you could get out like the old winchester 101s oh, awesome phenomenal, gun phenomenal gun you know the quality control goes up and down yeah. throughout the well these years. gun come these brands get bought and sold mm-hmm. yeah to uh, <laughs> um same thing with weatherby and we're going to talk about why things have changed with those kind of guns because when we talk about used over and unders, I'm gonna let Henry. T- Henry's probably got the most um, experience with this, but I'm looking for a Japanese. That's my personal. Yeah, I'm looking for a sweet used spot. Japanese over and under. The the price isn't going to be out of this world. I mean, they're getting more expensive because for a time. Okay, so Browning uh was made in Belgium for many years and those are kind of the sought after Brownings Satores especially the, the Belgian made Satore Was yeah. there a Belgian made Satore? Yes. I thought they were only Japanese. No. Oh, There's okay. Belgian Brownings. Well, same, I mean it same maybe, with the A5s. They I mean as far as I mean to my knowledge there now there could have been I think the superposed might have been the Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah the superposed was the Belgian one. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on yeah. that, but I know that the Belgian Brownings are kind of the sought after Brownings, but the Japanese were made in a factory called BC Moroku and they mm-hmm. made several, at least one other, uh, shotgun to my knowledge, the, uh, Charles Daly's and they're pretty much the exact same shotgun, the, the wood quality, the, yeah. you know, the build, the fit, it's all very, very similar. I think if they, those if they were Moroku guns are amazing. Yeah. And there's another, um, the name is escaping me right now, but there's another Japanese factory that was making guns around SKB. the same time. They made SKB, Weatherby, and the Winchester 101. Well, Moroku did not make the 101. Well, I know, this uh, other, the yeah, other yeah, one, yeah. the one that made SKB. Correct. And Weatherby and Ithaca. Ithaca. Okay. The, those over, if you find an Ithaca... An older Weatherby, an older 101, or an SKB, they were essentially all made in Japan, and they're fantastic guns. Mm. They're really, they're going to look very, compared to an Italian gun, they're going to be, the receiver's going to be a little taller, they're going to be a little chunkier, would you say, Henry? Okay, so that factor was Olin Kodanasha. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. But, no, yeah. But sorry, ask me that question one more time. Uh, so, would you? How would you compare a Japanese gun to an Italian gun? Um, I would say the Italian guns are generally going to have like more detail in the engraving. Um, for some reason, the Japanese guns—they all the receivers all kind of have the same finish. It's that blued, you know, blued mm-hmm. case hardened finish. That's that's really. In my opinion, very pleasing. It's kind of a darker I uh, like finish. Black, yeah. black receivers too. Um, the wood is they all pretty much use the same finish, so it's going to be that slick lacquer or 
I believe it's lacquer, but it's it's just a really, especially throughout the years now, because they were made in like the 60s and 70s was their heyday. And so like now that wood just looks amazing and it it feels right. It just, it's, mm, it's, it's aged warm. really, really well. It's yeah. warm, man. <laughs> um, the receivers are taller and yeah. a little wider. Yeah. They're maybe just a little, a little chunkier. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little more squarish and, but, uh. You know that that's that's my kind of favorite era and and area make of of shotguns just because of the price. You know, I'm I'm also one of the guys who's not going to go out and buy a two thousand dollar shotgun. My budget mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, fifteen hundred thereabouts if I'm looking for a new gun. And it's that'd gonna, be like a splurge. Yeah, and it's going to take me a while to save that. So that kind that gun kind of fits in that general price point. And so I own I own two Japanese made over unders a twenty eight and Charles Daly which is basically a Satori, and then I own a Winchester one hundred one which was made at the other factory in twenty gauge and both of them are fit me very well and just two of my favorite guns I've ever owned. You shoot quail. You shoot quail very well. Thank you. It's I mean, it's, it's all about the gun. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact that Henry grew up shooting quail. <laughs> yeah, no, n- nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anything to add? The Japanese versus Italian? I don't know anything. Because the other big gun <laughs> manufacturer these days is Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. And that's where a that's lot where of the these CZs budget guns are, are made. Huglu, Yildiz. Um, yeah, Yildiz. And that was one I was going to mention on the, the yeah, budget guns. I believe Academy carries them. And you can find them on sale every once in a while for sub 500 like mm-hmm. four four seventy five somewhere in that area. They they've got a little bit of a following. Yeah, and I people see a lot them. of people bringing them these days. And yeah. you know the one of the arguments is you know if it breaks, I'll just go buy another one. You know yeah. I can afford to buy two of those or even yeah. three of those as opposed to a lot of these other shotguns. We've gotten some pretty affluent clients who instead of traveling with a gun on an airplane, they just bought like a yield it's to keep at Quail Ridge to leave and that's their gun when they come because because for them not for everybody it's just a gun they can for the one or two times they come out you know um all right so let's get into what do you guys shoot henry well i've already kind of hit on that yeah yeah. so which i haven't shot it a lot just because i bought it last year but the cz redhead premiere mm-hmm my first over and under in 20 20 gauge yeah it's a nice gun it is a nice gun it's got I've the, enjoyed it I do like the Beretta style barrel selector and safety versus the Browning style yeah. but it's not like a game it's not a so what explain that difference yeah. so yeah what Sam's saying is um you know with a top uh safety it's 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 it's, you're going to engage it with your thumb, but now a, um, a browning style is what I'm going to refer to it as. Mm-hmm. Um, to select between the barrels, the entire safety switch moves left or right. And the, one of the problems that those has is sometimes it could get caught in the middle and not fire at all, which I've had happen with my personal, because my Charles Daly is a clone of a Satori. I've had that happen a couple of times. So you really have to be mindful of almost pushing it at a diagonal angle to take the safety off. Mm. Whereas a Beretta style safety, it's um, the selectors integrated into the actual safety switch. So it's like a mini switch on top of a switch. And that's what the CZ has. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you like better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't, they don't, they don't fail as often. You don't get them stuck. And it's not a fail and they, they always fail to safe. Yeah. It's not like you're going to accidentally bump it off or something. It's just, if you get it, the browning one caught in the middle, the gun's not going to fire. And that's going to happen the older the gun or the more times it's been shot. Yeah. That's that's kind of a, they're very positive clicks Mm -hmm. um, when they're new. Um, So CZ. And the Montefeltro. The Montefeltro is what I always shot quail before last season. That's because it's a bad mammy jam. Yeah. It's quail slayer. And I still swap it in and out. I mean, I, I shoot them both. So why would you, you get a over and under? I don't know. I, I mean, just seeing. Peer, peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> probably, I like guns. Yeah. I mean, obviously growing up, seeing people shoot them while I was out at the, the plantation, you know, or the preserve hunting. 
always wanted one. Mm-hmm. Never really got into upland hunting as a hobby until a couple of years ago. Yeah. So that's when I really started looking. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, I, I would, I shoot at quail with that Stevens 311. Um, cause I don't have a lot of 20 gauge guns. Uh, but I would, I would buy that Montefeltro. But I, the reason I do like a break action gun and hunt, I like hunting with people with break action guns is because you can see that the gun is safe. Yes. Yeah. If the gun's open and like, you know, quail hunting involves a lot of walking or wild quail hunting, especially. Walk through brush, walking, crossing ditches and fences. And and it's just nice to have that gun open and and then you don't have to worry as much about where you're pointing it. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah. There's no question whether, you know, if the guy's got automatic, you're kind of watching. Yeah, you're always on edge. Yeah, where it's pointing. And we've had enough guns pointed at us that, you know, we pay attention to that kind of thing. I know some people don't think it's a big deal, but it is a very big deal. And so I do like hunting with people with brake action guns because I can look over and I can see and that your gun's safe. And maybe a downside of that is readiness. Yeah. We ran into a situation last year where there were, and this is a, we were all very experienced hunters and I don't recommend hunting in parties this large, but there were five of us, Mm -hmm. five, six. There were, there were, we were a lot of hunters and we were talking about middle Georgia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were in there a lot. We were in a situation where we were chasing a busted up covey and we kind of reached a, stopping point where we hadn't found any birds for a little while. And so everybody had their gun open, thrown over their shoulder and a woodcock got up and And only one, only one person had their gun closed at the time. Henry (laughs) and he made a snapshot and it was awesome. Um, yeah, that's my big, I, I feel like that's a little understated, but the safety aspect of break action guns is, critical and they look nice and they they, i think they they are pleasing to me i enjoy them so right now guys i'm between a rosini br 110 light lux which is just over two grand or and more likely the cz uh sharp tail 28 because I've seen... I think that has my vote. I saw a 410 <laughs> at a local shop. I saw it in 410. I don't want it in 410. I want it in 28. And man, did it look good. It looks so much better than the pictures on the website. This is the gun they should have kept to take pictures of. For the website. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so... But they're, they're not... The reason I don't have the CZ already is because finding them in the wild is very difficult. I've I've only seen one around here. And so um and with the gun shortage or stock inventory shortage, I don't know if I'm gonna see one. This TriStar Bristol, I'd like to see one uh I'd like to hold one because they look great. Uh but that's kind of my top three right now. If I had to add a fourth it would be that Montefeltro. Yeah. But if they made that Montefeltro in 28, it would be even harder not to get one. Um, So any closing thoughts? We're, oh, man, an hour and 45 minutes. We can talk about guns all day. If you want to keep talking about guns, give us a comment. Leave us a review. Tell us what you shoot and why. Tell us why we're wrong and why we're stupid. (laughs) I'm sure we are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we're wrong. And because one thing we did talk about before, in the Midwest, where they – they shoot a lot more automatic and 12 and, gauge and 12 gauge. Yeah. And down here in the South, depending on where you're hunting, you'll find a lot more people shooting four tens and 28s mm-hmm. and it's just the culture. Yeah. Um, I would say that's the, probably a, a big factor in, in choosing the gun. Like if you're, if you're wanting it strictly for functionality, you know, I would, my, my vote would be 20, 20 automatic. Probably, because then yeah. you can use it for other hunting. Versatile, yeah. yeah, shoot dove, 
but shoot turkeys. Now, if you're only going to be shooting quail-sized upland game, I, my vote goes to the 28. Mm-hmm. Now, I love shooting a 410. Don't get me wrong. It's like one of the funnest guns to shoot. Because if you hit something, you're like, just gives you that That's little right. bit of ego I'm the boost. Best. <laughs> I will. I will say my next shotgun will be a 28. Yeah, for sure. I struggle. I've almost pulled the trigger on a 410 because for dog training, having a 410 around is just real nice yeah. for sound and introduction stuff. Right. I think a 28 is a good compromise. Yeah. You can get some light loads and. There's ways around all that. Um, so, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us once again. I know we left your favorite gun out. Somebody out there has got a favorite gun. So, yeah, tell, us, even talk about tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're right. And, uh, you know, and down in the future, there may be a gun episode number two to, to um, talk about some yeah, of these after things. After we learn some stuff. We'll tell you why you're wrong and yeah. why we are still right about this. Um, uh, but don't... The real takeaway from this, guys, don't get caught up on the guns. If you want to go quail hunting, bird hunting, dove hunting, whatever, borrow a gun, shoot what you got. Don't worry about it. If you're looking for a gun, hit us up. Uh, Ask us all the questions you want. We've got opinions for days. All right, we'll see you guys later. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. As promised, I will be revealing the gun that I will be shooting this season in the field, and it is the CZ Sharptail side-by-side in 28 gauge. I just really want a sub-gauge gun. I've shot 20 a lot, and I really, really like it, but I want to give 28 a chance, and the CZ Sharptail doesn't break the bank. It is um, pricey, uh, relative. It's kind of somewhere in the middle, so... Um, I'll, I'll be letting you guys know how I like that gun um, coming up. So that was the CZ Sharp Tail. We'll see you guys out there.